Attention cannabis radio listeners. Do you suffer from chronic pain, anxiety, depression, or PTSD? These are the most common qualifying conditions for medical cannabis. Did you know that in many states you can visit a doctor online with no waiting rooms, no drive, not even an appointment needed? See a doctor right from your smartphone. It's fast, convenient, and it'll save you money as most states don't collect taxes on medical cannabis purchases. So what are you waiting for? Go to MarijuanaDoctors.com slash Cannabis Radio and get $5 off your on-demand medical card evaluation. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm the Deputy Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, I have two guests from the company I'm Epic, members of NCIA. First is Kathy Knutson, PhD. She's an independent contractor with I'm Epic, who also sits on NCIA's Education Committee for a second term. Dr. Knutson consults internationally with food, dietary supplement, and cannabis manufacturers on recall investigations, problem-solving training, and Food and Drug Administration compliance. She conducts hazard analysis, risk assessments, and recall investigations for the root cause and control of pathogens, specializing in the development of environmental monitoring programs for ready-to-eat foods. And Dr. Catherine Birmingham is COO of I'm, I'm Epic. Uh, she ensures product and service standards for research-based interactive online training. She leads teams that research and design training solutions while tracking impact. She's a former University of Florida professor and Dean of Arts and Sciences for Florida State College with experience overseeing a biotechnology degree program with Food Testing Analytical Lab, and is certified as a lead instructor for the FDA-regulated standard curriculum for the Preventive Controls Qualified Individual. Wow, two very smart ladies on the show with me today. Welcome. Uh, in addition to all that background, I'd love to hear more about your background and experiences and the kinds of things you worked on before moving into this cannabis space. Uh, what did you do before all of this? Uh, let's start with Kathy. Thank you. Big thank you to NCIA for having Catherine and myself and especially Bethany for getting all this work done. And with my intro, you heard a lot about food. So I have been able to transfer my skill set from the food manufacturing industry to the cannabis industry. I have experience in food laboratory operations, and my passion is training. I have 15 years of full time teaching instructor training of adults um, 
is one of my passions as far as now doing a lot more of webinars and workshops and, and those types of presentations, pre presentations in um, conferences as well. And, and so much looking forward to getting back to that. I do write documents and I wrote curriculum with IMEPIC. Um, when I talk to people in either the food manufacturing industry or the cannabis industry, I consider every conversation to be a training opportunity and try to meet the person that I'm speaking with or the learner where they are. So it doesn't matter to me whether that's a production line worker or CEO of a corporation. I use my learning style, adult learning style skills to be able to communicate clearly and effectively. Awesome. Thanks. I think education is one of those lifelong pursuits. So some somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Catherine, tell me more about your background as well and, and more of what you did before moving into this space. Sure, Bethany. And again, thank you so much to you and NCI members for the opportunity for this discussion. And as always, I'm delighted to be part of a conversation with my colleague, Dr. Kathy Knudsen who's opened my eyes to a much greater awareness of the possibilities in the cannabis industry. So the theme of my career, uh, yes, I'm an educator, but it really has been workforce development training and managing teams of innovators to help workers build confidence and, and competence in their particular field. So whether, um, I've done a lot of things in my career, whether I was training people to run disaster relief operations or creating the CDC curriculum for HIV AIDS teen peer prevention in the late 80s, or teaching business strategy at a university or college or college administration and research methods, I re or serving as a dean, it's always been about empowering people to use new knowledge and competencies, hence, the name of my company, I am Epic. We empower our learners. Oh, I love that. And, you know, education is one of NCIA's three pillars, of course, advocacy, education, and community. So thanks for your contributions there, for sure. And, and speaking of moving into the cannabis industry, um, how did that happen? What is your passion for working in the cannabis industry? Let's go back to Kathy. Sure. I have a very interesting story in that I had almost no exposure to cannabis. And five years ago, I was attending a food safety conference and was talking to a colleague about a colleague of mine. And he was talking about his son starting an online cannabis journal. And that is Cannabis Industry Journal, if any of your um, listeners are familiar oh, yeah. with that. That is Aaron Byros. He's the editor. And so I was able to publish some articles about microbiology and HACCP. I was able to present at conferences. Um, Aaron now has a fully vested conference, which is Cannabis Quality Conference, and then a lot of other virtual conferences during the year as well. And so now I've been in the cannabis space for 
four years, which is a good amount of time in campus, <laughs> but never enough to learn all there is to learn. And um, with my personal experience, I published a book in 2020. It's um, Food Safety Lessons for Cannabis-Infused Edibles, but it's my story of how I learned and my personal experience in going through the um, being the new kid on the block and trying to learn about cannabis. <laughs> so that's landed me here now. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. And four years, I think is, let's see, uh, 28 years in dog years or cannabis years. We, we like to equate cannabis years to dog years around here. So trying to keep up on everything is, is uh, certainly a challenge. How about you, Catherine? How did, how did you decide to get involved in, in this still federally illegal and kind of wild west industry? Well, like Kathy, my involvement began through the food industry. And I also have a connection with Aaron Byros. Professionally, I was seeing parallels with the cannabis edibles safety and my work with the Institute for Food Safety. I was a principal investigator on a National Science Foundation program to train biotechnology lab technicians. This was part of a biotechnology degree program. And one of the goals was to support more women and underrepresented persons into professional science careers. We put a commercial analytical chemistry and microbiology lab inside an academic lab to give the students early exposure to internships. So we were working with third-party labs, equipment manufacturers, and food manufacturers, um, hearing a little bit more about what, was, what their challenges were and starting to hear a little bit more about cannabis edibles. And we were working with uh, medical labs, working with PhD cancer research scientists so the students could, could be placed in any of those careers. And wow, that's same, great. Yeah, at the same time, I was certified as a lead instructor for training preventive controls qualified individuals uh, so that people could comply with the FDA regulations. So it wasn't a great leap from there mm -hmm. to see the parallels between the importance of GMPs with a full safety plan uh, for manufactured food, GMPs and food safety for cannabis edibles. Mm -hmm. And so in 2016, the IMEPIC team created our online interactive training to assist in that career track. So again, back to this whole idea of working with people on career tracks. And then um, personally, um, I, I experienced how helpful uh, cannabis could be, medical cannabis could be. I lost my husband in 2008 to cancer. And I mm -hmm. saw in hospice how, how helpful that was to him. Mm -hmm. And I am also a breast cancer survivor. So knowing that it's really important for us to continue to understand the value of these products and um, how they can enrich our lives. Wow. Thank you for sharing that story for sure. Um, on that note, let's take our first commercial break and then we'll be right back and dive in a little more with Catherine and Kathy about what's going on at I'm Epic. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. 
Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm talking with Dr. Kathy and Dr. Catherine. (laughs) So uh, let's talk about how our industry's workforce is evolving and maturing and gosh, particularly during this COVID-19 pandemic, when our industry was actually deemed essential businesses in most places, and I'm looking at you, Massachusetts, uh, dispensaries and manufacturing facilities and grows stayed open, but how we're doing business has changed because of social distancing, among other things. And that includes hiring new employees and how to onboard them and train them. And I'm sure we saw an increase in online everything. Interviews, training. Training went online, I'm sure, and onboarding. Is that right, Catherine? Oh, Bethany, for sure. Um, Of course, IMEPIC was completely virtual before the pandemic 2020 lockdown. Mm. We had uh, just completed a cannabis industry survey of training needs at the end of 2019, which helped us to determine the learning objectives for the GMPs cannabis uh, course and the cannabis edible safety course. So we spent last summer uh, designing the storyboarding and coding the software so we could roll out the cannabis training in the fourth quarter of 2020. And of course, virtual learning is our expertise. So we were watching others trying to catch up and think about all those parents working at home while caring for children. Oof. I mean, many of our IMEPIC learners had to wait until they put the kids to bed in the evening just to log in and work on training. And at the company level, we saw safety teams struggling to rewrite food safety plans uh, due to supply chain issues for ingredient sourcing. Mm. Because remember, that's a new hazard and risk analysis for each and every new ingredient newly sourced. And that's many more hours of teamwork and documentation. And on the positive side of the pandemic year, we saw that onboarding training had to include a greater emphasis on PPE. And now the whole world knows how to use PPE and do proper hand washing. Yay. Ooh, finally. (laughs) (laughs) So so this must have happened in the cannabis industry too. Um, It was a global phenomenon. Um, And then we had the decrease in cannabis vaping products. So there was an increase in the use of cannabis edibles. That's true. I definitely started using more edibles myself at the beginning of the pandemic as well. (laughs) It's a very interesting anecdote. Um, Mm -hmm. Kathy, did you have anything to add about what you saw here and in everything going online? Oh, absolutely. I live in the gig economy. And so I work for another company that Uh, where I deliver a three-day workshop in person. And before the pandemic, um, it was not uncommon to have those workshops canceled if they didn't get the minimum number of registrations. And 
of course, there's a high cost for me. All my travel expenses were paid. And then for everyone else being away from work and away from home for training. And then after the pandemic, that company had to cancel all those in-person workshops and pivot to online. Whereas um, I Am Epic was already an expert at doing that. And so it was really nice to have that balance in my own job where when I lost work from the in-person workshop, then I was able to work more focused on IMEPIC curriculum writing. And with IMEPIC being 100% online without an instructor, as Catherine said, people could do that at any time of day, which was really wonderful. And, um, and people in the food industry who have taken the IMEPIC course, some, some of those are repeat takers that maybe they had a in-person course where the instructor wasn't that great. And then they've looked to IMEPIC for the online course to be able to do that again as well. And mm -hmm. even though there's not a live instructor with the curriculum, we're all there in the background. So we still have um, the capability of meeting our learners' needs whenever there's questions or technology needs. Great. Gosh, the word pivot is one of the 2020 vocabulary words that I think we're all we're all uh, we're all familiar with. There was a lot of pivoting last year. Um, I also often think about how our industries, laws, and compliance regulations are all different from state to state, and we do not have national legalization yet, as we all painfully know. Um, each state operates a little differently, and some companies are now what we call multi-state operators. Um, and perhaps one day the industry will become more standardized. But what are you seeing there that we as an industry need to prepare for as we move forward toward potentially, hopefully, fingers crossed, nationwide legalization? And how can we make that easier on ourselves too so we aren't just reinventing the wheel constantly or pivoting too much? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this is Kathy. So jumping in here, um, with federal legalization, all cannabis-infused edible companies will have a level, level playing field. And I have never been a proponent of a lot of laws and regulations and, and the whole government thing telling us what to do. But what has happened in the cannabis industry is that we have a vacuum where there is not enough legalization, there's not enough regulation. And, and so people, different states are doing it in different ways and wherever there's a void or a vacuum then who knows what's happening and that's where we get the reference to the wild wild west and when we're talking about the safety of products there has to be standardization and we are looking at some of this happening because in, in professional groups, because the government is not leading us, the federal government is not leading in, in this way. So I just wanna give you a couple examples. There is CASP, which is spelled C-A-S-P, group at AOAC with the standardization of testing methods. I am recently part of an ASTM 
um, cannabis committee that is going to write a standard for uh, edible safety. And there is a committee within ASTM, which is called D37. That's all for cannabis. And then as Bethany mentioned, I'm on the education committee and I see that the NCIA committees are just pouring out a huge amount of work that is in support of what is what is needed in the cannabis industry. And so um, just, just again, without federal legalization, these committees of experts in their field are filling in that void left by the government. And, and so this is one time where we really do need the government to come in with federal legalization. Mm-hmm. Catherine, would you like to add to that? Sure, I do want to underscore um, what Kathy is saying about, um, back to your question about making it easier. Um, in terms of um, preparing for legalization and, and looking to the food safety industry, FSMA type regulatory environment, we already have the science, we already have the language and the practices and GMPs and HACCP and the preventive controls that build on HACCP. So we, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. And uh, it's um, one of the things that I'm really seeing a lot is um, this year, back to our discussion about um, what happened during, uh, what, what we learned during the pandemic is that there was so much of a demand for training on supply chain controls and their documentation, um, especially for things like imported spices and chocolate, organic honey, ready to eat foods. Mm. Um, and so where do you go? I mean, as you go around to different global markets, you saw, we saw Mexican, Asian and European companies needing training because they have to document their preventive controls in order to supply the American companies' needs who also need to understand um, uh, what, they, what they should be documenting and looking for in the absence of being able to go to a plant and do an audit. So um, right. looking at some of these trends and higher demands for vegan foods and animal foods, and, and, and that's true in the cannabis industry too, um, we're seeing um, lots more um, companies understanding that um, it is strategic to uh, be putting this training in place. And um, in particular, <laughs> what I saw this year was things like snack and comfort foods during the lockdowns. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Uh, yes, our industry has all the acronyms already to sort of guide us. And you're you're so right. Our our all of our committees at NCIA are really taking a forward look at standard standardization before federal legalization. Let's hop and take our last commercial break, and then we'll come back and start to wrap up our conversation with Dr. Kathy and Dr. Catherine from iMepic. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. 
This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with NCIA, and I've been talking with Dr. Kathy Knutson and Dr. Catherine Birmingham from I'm Epic. Uh, so to build on our conversation uh, from, from earlier in the show, uh, one thing I definitely see in our industry, and I mentioned our committees are already working on some of this, is thankfully and smartly, we're preparing for not only the bare minimum requirements, but actually to be forward thinking and proactive. And I'm hearing the phrase future proofing and how to future proof your companies by going a little above and beyond. What are your thoughts on that, Catherine? Kathy and I, I think, are agreed that, tell me if I'm right on this, Kathy, that the cannabis industry is coming to the realization that um, GMPs are not optional and that many companies understand they must work further toward preventive controls. Um, I'm also seeing that um, the industry is realizing that um, they need more on-demand training anytime, anywhere. And they need training that allows for failure in a safe place where you can analyze what went wrong and why before you're on the production floor and um, having to make a correction. Before so, the MED comes in doing an <laughs> audit, right? <laughs> right, right <laughs> Surprise, right. knocking on yeah, the door. Yeah. yeah, and unfortunately studies, uh, national studies that give us the average worker training time per year show us that there's little time for reflection in most training. So self-paced training that encourages reflection and provides remediation when needed is really important. And this fosters retention of the material along with changed attitudes and behaviors because really what we're talking about is trying to instill a safety culture here. Mm, yes, I, I think that's an important point allowing employees an opportunity to test and have a safe place to make mistakes. That's a great point. Kathy, would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, I just want to talk about the parallel to the food industry again, kind of bring that back. And one of the key concepts that we have in the food safety arena is that food safety is not competitive. And that has allowed us to have competitors sit side by side in a conference room or at um, conference meetings, perhaps, 
and do what is best in food safety for everyone. And so I want to transfer that over to the cannabis industry and say edible safety is not competitive. We are all in this together. And so I encourage competitors, whether it's a chocolate manufacturer, gummy manufacturer, if they can find a forum, local, state, national forum, such as NCIA, of course, where that sharing is encouraged, we can all go forward together. And um, to do as much work now as possible, we know that edibles, for example, will be regulated, um, there will be enforcement from the FDA. And we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We know that there are already FDA rules for pharmaceutical drugs, for dietary supplements, for food. And we can look to see what those industries are already doing. The Once there is federal legalization, I'm hoping that everybody can get in a, a, a sense that there's just going to be an avalanche of work that needs to be done in order to become compliant. And so we have companies like I am Epic, other service providers out there that are trying to preach that message. And I know that it's really hard. I know that the cannabis industry is struggling to meet state or local codes as it is. And I'm truly am and very empathetic and feel for them on that. And so as companies are looking at being successful in the long run, they certainly need to look to what regulation is gonna be coming at them. So true, so true. And I appreciate that uh, your, I appreciate your involvement in our education committee. And, and there's, there's 13 other committees comprised of NCIA members that are gosh, all the blogs and papers and, and podcasts I've been conducting with these committee members, everyone seems to be preparing for the future. And I think that's very smart, um, especially with a new administration, uh, a new balance of power in Congress. And we've already seen Safe Banking Act reintroduced in both houses in this 117th Congress, and, and we anticipate more movement. So it's a great time to get involved and um, get, get excited about the future and educate yourself with all the different resources out there, especially NCIA's weekly webinar series. Uh, many of them are, um, all of them are complimentary for NCIA members. Um, as well as some fireside chats with our GR team that are an exclusive benefit for NCIA members. And the most exciting thing that I've been happy to start talking about is our trade shows. They're coming back. We decided that we can safely hold in-person events again in the second half of the year 2021. Uh, so we look forward to seeing you all at our Midwest Cannabis Business Conference in Detroit, September 22nd, 23rd, and we'll be in San Francisco at our seventh annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo in December. And I'm just so excited. There's so much education that takes place over those two or three days. So many great NCIA members exhibiting on the trade show floor. I might not be shaking people's hands, but I will be excited to see you. I might start, um, uh, 
<laughs> toe tapping and elbow bumping, but uh, it's going to be a great place to reconnect and get more education and share more ideas. We've run out of time today, but I'm so happy that you both joined me on the show today. Where can people find out more about I'm Epic? Catherine? Sure. Um, I just wanted to mention briefly, quickly, that um, I Am Epic is working with colleges to define a scholarship program to increase diversity in the cannabis industry. So we'd love to hear your ideas, you NCIA listeners. You can find me at, we have two websites for our PCQI course in food safety, iamepic.com. And for cannabis GMPs and cannabis edible safety courses, iamepiccannabissafety.com. Or you can always email me Catherine at iamepic.com. Perfect. Well, thank you both again for being on the show and thanks everybody else for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.